Welcome back to the podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about how do you determine if God's speaking to you to move to a certain place, to go overseas, or to be sent? How do, how do you distinguish between the voice of God and your own wants and desires? So stay tuned. Boom. This is going to be a fun one. No doubt. Welcome in the studio. I'm just going to keep it cash for this one. Welcome. Brandon, Chris. What's up? What's up? So I'm here. Well, if you haven't watched the show, I might not want to skip the intro. (laughs) If you haven't watched the show before, on this show, we uh, basically break down the nature and character of God through stories, conversations, and ideas, and really try to figure out how we can live a God-glorifying life every day. So today, I'm with Chris Milbrand. And Brandon Newton. Yeah. So I brought you guys on here specifically because you guys have both come from different locations yeah. this this last year yep. in order to serve in at Texas A&M University and reach like lost college students. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun. Just jump right into like what that has been like coming into this community from an you didn't know anyone really you came from arkansas brandon yep. and you came from uh sam houston right or houston houston okay University of houston yeah and never had lived in college station before not at all right so what went into that decision and what is it like what has it been yeah. what, around these people uh, chris you go first, sure so. yeah um i feel like i had a little easier than brandon because uh, i was in a texas kyle culture already um, so I was at the University of Houston, got saved through there, uh, got called into missions in actually like 2014. Mm. Uh, yeah. And literally had been working to like fulfill that call until then, you know, uh, at some point along the way, I felt the Lord call me away from U of H to go minister uh, to a really close person of mine. Uh, he was in Sam Houston or uh, San Marcos. Yeah. Yeah. At the time. And I was like, I was going to go to Texas state or gosh, that's what it was. Texas state. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to go to UTSA and be a part of their Chi Alpha there and start to transition and see if I could minister to that person from there. Cause I loved them. And it was actually one of the reasons why I got saved in the first place, hmm. uh, was through that person. But eventually like a whole bunch of things happened in the middle. Um, graduation got postponed a ton and yeah, it's crazy. But wound up here yeah like you said alone uh, and really mm. like over the course of things uh, felt the Lord say hey not not quite uh, San Antonio but started opening up doors to either Arkansas actually of all places mm. and to, to A&M and one way or another wound up here but to the actual question of like how's it been like I came alone like mm. I built a family in Houston uh, and I was like I kind of know like what's going on here but honestly I the people here had been heroes of mine for a long time. Uh, they probably didn't even know who I was. Uh, and I was like, I'm just ready. Like, I want to go learn under them and see if I can become like them yeah. for the sake of the kingdom. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just been nuts. And, like, literally in my first week here, I got lost at sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Learned how to step into a new place, um, not even know what the culture I was stepping into did for fun and how they talked and hung out. Mm-hmm and try to bring people into that without myself even knowing it. Mm. Uh, and so it's been like degrees of it, but it's been absolutely, and 
what's cool is if you allow the Lord to to really take you places, you get to figure it out as as when you're bringing people with you. Mm. But you still know you're with God. Mm. Uh, and so like you're like in this whole like amalgam almost of like what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. but at the same time you're like I know clearly what is the ultimate going yeah. on. Cause I know it was it was pretty difficult for you at first. Yeah. Like I remember talking to you and you were you didn't really feel like this had become your home yet. And you were yeah. trying to discern what that meant, or or how to reconcile that, or and you were just pressing in with God at that time. And yeah. I remember I was like, "Bro, if you need to like hang out, I'm, my house is open." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it was hard because I had built a family in Houston, like a spiritual family, like mm. uh, those who who fought for me and who were like my spiritual parents, like ton of people, and then those who were like my spiritual children i was like this is this is what life is like this is what home is like even though i hate giant cities like (laughs) and i was like i could live here because of these people Mm -hmm. and and i was actually asking myself this question today like what what is a home like and i don't i don't even know if i truly have an answer but i think it's where you can find rest yeah and i was just thinking it's like if i have god then i have a home wherever i go yeah yeah and at the end of the day no matter where i'm at like I'm still just a soldier on my way to, to the kingdom of heaven. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and so if I could, if I have God, if I can learn how to be alone with God, no matter how lonely I am by missing those who I love, I know that I have the Lord, and I know I'm in a place where I can make new friends mm. and make more friends. Uh, but yeah, just taking that transition between like who I fought for and who I lived with and who I grew with for eight years. Mm. Um, and just saying, hey, like, we still love each other, but it's time to, to go forward, uh, is man, like that just sucks, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's a wonderfully like amazing, but it's just like this is rough. Yeah. So like, how how did you know? Like, that must have been hard to leave. Yeah. Like, what really pushed you to that, like, jumping off point to where you're like, I need to, I need to go. I need to follow this call or. Yeah, um, you follow the peace. Mm, like I, I was praying to God, and literally, the winter break before I moved, I was—I know I'd heard God's call to leave, but I saw a need to stay. Um, and I was actually really wrestling. I was like, God, I know you said, but I'd—I'd I'd stay back if you wanted me to. Like, I don't want to live in Houston, but I'd do it for you. And the jumping off point was really like the Lord giving me peace and saying, and I was through a friend saying like, you, you follow God. Like you aren't bound to the people here. Yeah. Like you're bound to your friendships, but you're not bound yeah. to live here yeah. Mm. Yeah. because God is calling you elsewhere. Yes. It's like, I release you of that. And I was like, Oh, mm. uh, so it was really like, it was the straight up call of God of like the peace saying, go somewhere, learn somewhere. Uh, and I don't know if I'll ever be called back. Uh, mm-hmm. but if he calls me back, I'll go. Like, mm. because at the end of the day, if I'm with God, I'm in home. Mm. If I'm, I'm at home. Yeah. So, like, I think many people struggle with, like, really coming to terms with God and nothing else. Yeah. Like, how, you know, how did that process work out in y'all's own hearts of mm. being okay with? 
God and being anywhere. You don't have to have a specific location. You don't have to have peop- certain people with you. Because um, that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, yeah, so <coughs> from Arkansas. Originally from North Carolina. Uh, 12 years of my life. Moved to Arkansas. 12 years of my life. Now we're here in Texas. I uh, kind of took a a longer route than Chris uh, based on like I was gonna work with Chi Alpha after graduation right so two years ago I graduated college had the dream of college ministry God calling me there I was struggling with letting go of my friends with mm. letting go of the community of people that I had fought alongside in Arkansas and and I would cry. I'd be like, like this is hard. I don't like, I don't like it. God, this 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 sucks. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know. And and I was, I was going back and forth with that. I was wrestling with it, and it did hold me back uh, to the point to where I basically called off um, campus ministry for that time. Uh, but I think it was of the Lord too in the middle of it. And then He leads me through. Two years of being in the workplace, uh, one year of which I have to really understand what it means to be in a place that I just don't want to be. Mm. <laughs> I didn't want to be in the workplace. Uh, the nature of the job wasn't great. Uh, the language, spiritually, the darkest place I've ever been. Uh, and I was the only light there actually mm. trying to do something, you know, trying to reach these people. Can you talk about what you were doing? Uh, yeah, so I was, um, cause that, like when you explained that to yeah. me a while back, I was like, bro, yeah. this dude, <laughs> yeah. this dude's going ham, especially with the, the bags. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my first job there was through a temp service and I would be the guy first off the, the place I worked made hot sauces, barbecue sauces, Asian style sauces mm. for Various companies. And you had a college degree. Yeah, I had a college degree, yeah. Um, But that was the only place I had, the only place I could go. Um, Temp service, making $10 an hour at the time. My first job was like pallet stacking, basically. So I would stack 50-pound bags, 50 bags each, onto pallets. And I would do about two to three of those a night. This is a... Third shift job. So two to three of those a night, uh, all by myself. Uh, So you do the math, that's about 7,500 pounds um, that I'm throwing. Even with help, if you divide that in half, that's still a lot, (laughs) you know. And I just want to emphasize, this is after a college (laughs) degree. Yes, yes, this is after a college degree. (laughs) Yeah, this is after a college degree. Uh, it, it, It was not fun, and I had to... So then, so I, I worked there for like a month through the temp service, get hired on through the company. I move over to where I'm actually one of the guys making the sauces, like mixing big batches of sauces. It wasn't as bad as pallet stacking because I was moving around constantly, so it was really nice. But I was still wrestling with being in this place of God, I, I don't want to be here. God, you know I don't want to be here. Uh, this sucks. I would come home and cry to my mom, like, Mom, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. I, hate, I hate this. 
Um, and mm-hmm. and I wow. had to get into that place where it was like, God told me that, that I will use you here if you will let me. Wow. I was like, okay, so help me to change my attitude. You know, help me to to do whatever I have to do to because I'm I'm doing this for you. I know you have me there for a reason. When I latched onto that, it took a little time, of course, because my heart wasn't there. My heart was campus ministry, but it, it eventually, with time, I would get there. My coworkers would see what I stood for, that I wouldn't participate in the language. I would try to talk to them about God, minister to them. Uh, once uh, one coworker in particular prayed me healing over her leg, and she was healed. Wow. Um, and one guy, so this is where it really started, was when I was after work. Again, this is night shift, so 7 o'clock. Uh, we're walking to our cars. Five-minute conversation, one of my coworkers, uh, he asked me, man, what do you do when you get home? I was like, okay, I, you know, eat breakfast, read my Bible, spend time with the Lord, do my devotional stuff. And he was like, oh, dude, I didn't know you were into that sort of stuff, into God and all that. I'm like, yeah, man, uh, what about you? What does it look like for you? He's a partier, drinker, um, all of that. And he says that he hasn't been a good Christian one who knows that he's going to hell. Wow. Mm. So at that point, I should have pulled that dude aside right there and been like, no, this is <laughs> this is the gospel. <laughs> you don't have to live this way. You don't have to live that that way. But I mean, my mind was racing. We were walking to our cars, about to go home. Not really a lot I can say. Uh, so I'm like, what can I tell this guy? Even just one thing of how... like give this guy some hope because right now he has no hope at all he's mm, walking in yeah. this life where there's no hope at all what can i do like, okay what if what if you could be 100 percent certain that you wouldn't be in hell that you would be in heaven with jesus he's like huh i never really thought of it like that he's like hey dude whenever you're if you ever want to talk you know we're working together don't hesitate to reach out to me two weeks later that guy gets fired mm. And then I have to wrestle with the fact, you know, did I do enough? <laughs> did I say enough? But still trusting that what I said planted some sort of seed. I may not know the other side of this side of heaven where that guy is right now. Yeah. But praying that, you know, what I did say did something. So go throughout that process. And yeah, still the nature of the job isn't great, but my co-workers they see my work ethic you know they see what I'm about very upfront about it um not here to waste time let's get the job done you know and with time again they I gain favor with them God's helping me walk through it God gives me a car um I'm able to afford a car with this job I'm learning how to save money, how to put money back, how to pay off debt. So so all this stuff is working out in the middle of it. So obviously that that job was from God. Totally acknowledged that at the forefront. So then about like um a year and a half into the job, of course campus ministry is on my heart. Have to go after it, you know. So application comes in, Chi Alpha, fill it out. Um, start support raising a little bit while I'm at my job. <laughs> and then in May, um, in the middle of COVID, 
I quit my job to do full-time support racing. Yeah. <laughs> full-time support racing, I was hesitant. I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I, I knew that God wanted me to do campus ministry. Mm. I was like, God, if, if this is what you want me to do, then I trust you. And then, yeah, we can get into the details with that. As did you really did you apply to come here specifically? Yes, yeah. So, so two years ago, I had applied to Matt Carpenter UCA uh, first. Was going to do that. Obviously, didn't work out. Right. So I was thinking, let's consider out of state. Let's consider. And I look back now, and my campus pastor he gave me the idea. You know, maybe looking to. Texas or whatever, but still, I was like, hmm. let's consider out of state. Let's consider the possibilities. So hmm. I look on the Chi Alpha website, the programs, and the internship here, Texas A&M. Their program introduction, first line, an unbroken call reeks of ambition. Hmm. So it's like when you come here, prepare to be broken before the lord right <laughs> prepare to have your call completely shattered before god and it's true <laughs> <laughs> it, it is totally true uh prepare your call to be totally shattered before the lord this is not about not necessarily about you and all the things you can do it's like mm. coming in like clean slate broken vessel before the lord and that's the only way you're going to be used in the first place i was like oh that intrigues me. <laughs> mm, yeah. So let's let's consider Texas A&M. Didn't know anybody. I knew our campus pastor, Eli Stewart. Um, heard him talk at one of the Chi Alpha events at UCA, but that was about it. I was like, okay, I kind of know Eli. Don't don't know anybody else, but <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's move seven hours away, and God, let's go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so... Applied at the internship, uh, get in contact with Cat Fam. Shout out to Cat Fam. He became my support raising coach, uh, support team raising coach, and we did that thing together. You know, he led me through raising a support team, getting a support team together, $2,000 a month, 2100 And um, I quit my job in May, and we did it. Full-fledged, whatever it looked like, like pounding it out going in this thing okay god like i know you want me to do this i know you want me to do it now so let's go yeah. and and then sure support raising has its events has its times where it's like you go weeks where nothing comes in mm. but then you have that week where it's like you get like five hundred dollars a month and then like a hundred dollars a month here 200 there like things just start coming in the more it winded down the closer it got uh, posted a video on facebook um and that got a lot more attention than it ever had before i would try to do facebook videos before and do all that <laughs> stuff and it never happened <laughs> nobody would share it nobody would like it nobody would do anything about it but this time was different i post a video and like my friends are sharing it they're seeing my heart about it one woman in particular uh my church posted it on their facebook page so she knew me from the church but i hadn't talked to her at all specifically she uh saw the facebook video 
uh, saw the video and gets in contact with the church without me knowing, then I look on my account, hey, she gave $100. Like, okay, I think it's just a one-time thing, you know, whatever. I reach out to her. She just said, no, um, I signed up for $100 a month. Hmm. Again, I, I, I never talked to this woman specifically. She knew who I was from the church, heard me speak, that sort of thing. So things like that where it's like, you know, you don't have to ask and it just happens. It's like, okay, God, you're obviously working in this. Obviously, you want me to be here. So, yeah, and then all summer just pounding it out, getting ready to go to Texas, getting ready to be here in Texas. Mm. And here we are today. Mm. And it's it's been... It's been an amazing journey. For yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You mentioned that uh, yeah. the the phrase, the unbroken call, reeks of, reeks ambition. of personal ambition. Ambition, yeah. And that's you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. that's something I was telling y'all I wanted to kind of bring up is yeah. two things I see in you guys is that y'all are both very good. I guess at, I don't know if good's the word, yeah. but I see this willingness. To not only like submit to authority, mm. but mm. submit to a process in sure. a way. And like that phrase, like set apart sure. your personal ideas of things, ambitions, yes. and, and come under this thing, even if you may not understand it for the moment. Can y'all speak on that and like how that has worked for y'all? Because that is a difficult thing for myself mm. because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, I always have the ideas, you know, yeah. I, I, I understand things really well and yeah. I can give answers to things and I love understanding everything theology to the nature of God. And that's why I do this. I want to learn from people. And one of the specific things I want to learn is how to do that better. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, I I wasn't always good at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You asked my parents, I was Mm -hmm. the kid that like, (laughs) if I didn't get like a reason that I understood Mm. for why I couldn't do something, I'd be like, that doesn't make sense. And I would argue for hours until they finally like had to punish me. Yeah. Like it was wise of them to punish me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, and even like when I worked before I became the CMIT uh, campus minister in training, that there were some bosses that I would, I would combat with. And, and then when I realized that like, I'm actually hurting the witness of who God is yeah. by rebelling against that. Mm. And by having like my own ideas of authority, that that it's ultimately god that's robbed you know Mm. what i mean Mm. that like even if they're like a terrible terrible person terrible boss uh that like god god has put them he has not removed them from that position yes for for some sort of reason uh so it really begins with like being humble Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. what being under this person's authority what not only what do they have to teach me but what is god trying to teach me yeah uh and secondly like entrepreneur or uh, self-ambition stuff <laughs> yeah. like that like because man i had so many dreams for like man when i got into college like i was like sweet i'm gonna be like a robotic engineer or something like that mm. and i, I had to, had to put down what i realized is like i'd rather be like a homeless janitor for the lord but have the lord than than the frivolousies of, of riches yeah uh, without yeah. them and and so i was like man like if that's if that's true there and so we were talking about moving, right? Like, yeah. like even though the family I had back in Houston that the Lord had like built up around me, if I stayed there and God called me to go, mm-hmm. 
Mm. then then I've lost what yes. God built up. Yes. Even though like we're together, like something is missing from that because I'm no longer walking in what the Lord has. Mm. And yeah. so I'd rather go somewhere else or do whatever, uh, be a shoe shiner and have the Lord because I've tasted of what, what it is to be not with him. Mm-hmm. And that just sucks. Like it's, man, I, I don't like having plans. Yeah. And so the, mm-hmm. the least amount of plans I get to let the <laughs> Lord make <laughs> is, mm. is a whole lot more fun because, mm. man, I, I don't, what he can come up with is a lot better. Like I never would have thought I'd, I'd be doing this. <laughs> uh, but man, I'm enjoying this way more than a desk job. Totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, totally. not, not to knock desk jobs. I'm sure there's people that have a lot of fun and love what they do. But realizing like, the raw components of who the Lord made me mm-hmm. and like the call that he had on my life. Mm-hmm. He's not just shaping me into being a campus minister. It's the calling he built me to have. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. like you're stepping into who you, who I made you to be. Totally. And if someone, if the Lord called someone to be an accountant, <laughs> then you step into who the Lord made you to be. Mm. Uh, and sometimes he'll take volunteers, uh, but still like yeah. there's those raw components and, and it's, he who gets to choose yeah like the lord gets to choose how he gets to wield them and it's so, so much fun where does that like personal gifting kind of fit in because like the body of christ the the church is set up in such a way where like an eye does what an eye does yeah. an ear does what an ear does but mm-hmm. you know the eye can't say to your ear or ear can't say to the eye i don't know what's what it is yeah. that it's not important and so it's like there's i feel like there's this I don't want to say balance, but there's this fine line between organizations that turn everybody into a number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then places that like lift up your gifts, but there's also like organizations that like say, well, your personal ambition is the most important thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And hmm. so ha- where, where do you find that? Because like individuality is an important thing yeah, you sure. know your sure. specific gifts and why god made you for certain to be good at certain things you know totally. like garrett garby i feel like his name's been brought up a lot lately Shout out to garrett. he's garrett, literally garrett's been so humble yeah. like in such his life i think it's like so fitting that he's being through his humility yes. people are now talking about him it's totally. awesome yeah and he's like literally made for helping mm-hmm. yeah He's a helper yeah. for anything. Yep. You ask him to help and he'll, he'll help. He's there. Totally. Uh, so like there is an importance to that, right? There is an importance. Like like what we're doing right now came through with some personal ambition of mine. It wasn't actually for the Lord at first, yeah, but the sure. Lord shaped it to that. You know, he took yeah, something totally. that was meant to be like uh, selfish and he made it into something that glorifies him. Yeah. Yes. And that was a long process over like yes. three years. For sure, yeah. Um. So yeah, wh- where is that balance there? Because I, I do think we should be walking in our personal giftings, but I also see the value in like stepping into a program, yeah. like allowing it to shape you, allowing you know your yourself to get humbled a little bit. Yeah, I think this is the beauty mm-hmm. of walking with God mm-hmm. uh, is that He has like this overarching like what what He wants, right? But He's not a control freak. Mm-hmm. Like He's like, man, I could see you doing this. Like, let's try it out. He's not saying like oh, like let's have this rigid system and like you're stuck there. And we're really grateful here to have mm-hmm. men and women of God who are like, hey, yeah, you have this gift. If it can be used for God and you think the Lord's needing it, like I'm not going to take away from God's 
what God has the right to do. Totally. And it's just fun. But even in like yeah. systems where say I have an authority that, that doesn't want me to do that. Again, like God has that authority there mm. for a reason. Yeah. And I need to respect that. Um, so if it means that I don't get to use a personal gifting, how I think it should be used in this situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather submit that yes. to that authority because it means I'm submitting it to God. So mm. all these personal giftings, uh, be it like servitude or, or your ability to ask great questions. Uh, like it, if it's submitted to the Lord and he says no, then sweet. That's the end of it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. but if, if, even if it started off selfish, then like, and God says, Hey, yeah, but I can change this. I can correct this. Then, yeah. then he has the authority to do so. And it's like, Oh, awesome. Like, and now the thing is if he says no and we keep doing it and it sucks. And if he says yes, and we choose not to do it, it still sucks like yeah the only way is just like hey yeah good job you're following me so that kind of brings us back around to like differentiating or like hearing the voice of god yeah yeah i'm sure y'all haven't always been good at hearing the voice of god (laughs) i'm still not sometimes and there's like (laughs) a lot of noises yeah yeah totally but like you know when you're trying to decide if you're supposed to go to a place or do a certain thing join a ministry you know, there's like a ton of ministries. Sure. You got a lot of choices. Yeah. You totally, know? totally. It's like you need guidance. Totally. God has a plan for you. Yeah. So it's like, how do we access that that, sure. that manuscript? Yeah. <laughs> that it's, plan. It's also this like crazy thing because like God lets us make choices. Totally. And sometimes it'll be like, what ministry do you want to be part of? Like this one glorifies me. This one glorifies me. Like, what do you want to do? And I'm, that's totally. where I'm like the most scared. Wow. Totally. That's when God gives me the choice. Totally. Uh, but there's a... A wonderful pastor that I had uh, back in Houston. His name is Johnny, Pastor Johnny, mm. and he would talk about like things that he'd be praying through. And he would go out into the wilderness, and I've done this a couple times, but the principle stays the same: is he would have this idea or something, and he says, "God, should I do this?" And he'd pray about it for a while and see like what the Spirit would testify. Follow the peace, uh, mm. like in this gut feeling of, "Yeah, this is what I should do." Um, and if it doesn't contradict what the Lord has already said, uh, whether in his word or has spoken to you, it's like, okay. And then he would say, God, should I not do this? And you'd mm. pray through that. Yep. And then he would just keep going back and forth until one had really overruled the other. And mm-hmm. I kind of took that as like coming here and like a lot of decisions in my life, mm-hmm. uh, just like Arkansas. Yeah. And then... Arkansas. Wait, so you were considering Arkansas? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, isn't it awesome? (laughs) Uh, Freaking cool. Because, man, I saw, like, what was producing fruit. Like, I wanted somewhere that was was big enough to where I could, like, see the culture that had been set Mm. and where I could learn from. Yes. But I could still, like, have a role to play and be a a blessing. Um, And then just have somewhere that's producing fruit and sending. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And those are the two places I was like, I could see myself here, like from the stipulation, like I could, whoa. And like those, those three things had come from like thinking through things with the Lord, reasoning with him. Mm, totally. uh, not just like, thus be here, but it's just like, Chris, like, what do you think would be wise? Like, mm. well, I think this would be wise. Well, I, and do you think that'd be wise? No. Okay. Well, what about this? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then also yeah. talking with friends who knew the Lord. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really just kind of like so to kind of get them to help you confirm the word yeah because sure. 
something something Nick Hester said at uh, at the Forge. He's like, friends don't let friends think alone. Mm. Uh, because if you think alone, and if you're the only one reasoning, and you're like, God told me this, God told me this, uh, and you're never like going to friends, well, maybe maybe you're mishearing the Lord at first, you totally. know, and then you just wind up weird. Mm. And I don't want to be weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to be weird. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I used to be weird. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> uh, mm. we're still a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> weirder. Hey, uh, apparently like, people would think, I mean, weird is like a compliment these days. Totally, bro. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it depends on the kind of weird. You know, yeah, there's totally. like the, the sitting in your room, like playing Pokemon until you're like 45. That, yeah. uh, that's, that's like weird, weird. And you're like, just like only neck weird, <laughs> and, you know. Only neck beard, <laughs> like nothing up here. Just all neck. Bro, take care of yourself. So, a recent example of like what a recent example of making a decision, hearing from God that just happened was Wednesday night oh, at no. our big, large group event. Yeah. Uh, y'all had about 30 minutes to decide if you were going to go overseas. And I think <laughs> yes. a lot of people are probably watching this or if they find and discover this episode, it's, it's they're trying to decide if they want to go on missions overseas. Yeah. So like what, what was that like? I mean, y'all had thirty minutes. Yeah, can God really speak in thirty minutes? Like what the heck? Yeah, I'd say yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say Chris had a bit harder because he had a lot more decision to make with like with like you know the certain things that had to happen for him to Mm -hmm. actually go. There's like a lot of money involved and time that would need to be taken to do certain things some and, opportunity yeah, costs yeah yeah there will definitely be some of that um on so my could side say personal ambition <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so uh so at least for my side of it for me it it really wasn't that difficult because i know going overseas god wants us to <laughs> yeah you know god makes it very clear hey go preach the gospel to all nations i still prayed about it for sure like god do you still want me to Mm. um wow but but it was still a relatively easy decision yes because you know why not and the need is there let's go overseas and let's reach some people for the lord and have a good time doing it (laughs) yeah because when you like we were praying over the map the other day at josh nicholas's house and Mm. and dude i got i get encountered by the nations like or this prayer this this uh our god's uh burden for the nations yeah really the for the i've i've had it before but not in, to that extent yeah. before when we're like picking specific countries and praying what's going on in those specific places yeah. on this map on the world and i was just like heartbroken because you know you got in china you have communist china just yeah. murking people like literally yeah and then mm-hmm. South America, people are starving to death, and and uh, you got uh, in other parts of Asia. You have socialism, and and also people starving and yeah. mass poverty. And then you have uh, in many of these countries that people don't even know about that, that we're considering going to, that less than one percent Christian. Yes, let alone heard of the gospel. Right, yes. which yeah. is insane to me. Like, how have you not yeah. heard who? Have, yep. oh, have you not heard I Jesus? Know. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. it's and what I realize is being from America isn't just a good thing. Yeah. It's a responsibility we now have to take our I don't want to use that word, but in a sense, our our privilege or our blessing yes. Yes. 
this place that we've been set upon, this like mm-hmm. high place, really, mm-hmm. the United States of America in this time, you know, regardless of all the craziness going on, we might not have it for long, for as much longer. <laughs> but now that we have right now yeah. that we have yeah. freedoms, we yeah. have freedom of religion, we have freedom of speech. You know, they're trying to take those yeah. things away. But regardless, we have it. Mm-hmm. And these other countries don't have it at all yes. and never have had it. And to go there and give them the gift of eternal life is yeah. like, Let's go. wait, I can go there. Like we have the means yes. to go there. Like I heard uh, there was this missionary talking and he went uh, somewhere. I don't even, I can't even say where it is, but they, he had a supporter that mm-hmm. bought or he, he met people that they had one Bible mm-hmm. family Bible and they had, they list. They had a list of time slots where each person of the family could hold the Bible. Wow! And they yeah. had it scheduled out because yeah. everybody wanted to have this book. Yeah. And we have like a million Bibles. Yeah. And, yeah. And we never I got read like it. Six on my shelf, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like. yeah. And uh, and one of their supporters uh, like sold like a very small portion of his gun collection, which was like thirty seven thousand dollars or something like that. And bought $37,000 of fire Firebox, Bibles yeah. for this <laughs> yes. country. Cool. And they're not going to run go. out for like 10 years Dude, so cool. of like giving these away. And now all those people have their own Bible. And it's like those little things that we yeah. take for granted. Yeah. And it's not going to change until we make a decision yeah. that it needs to change. That's true. Yep. You know, so first it's like, oh, dang. So understand the need. Yeah. And then once we know the need, now we're responsible for, for that need. Yes. Yeah. If we have the means to 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 give to that. That's true. And yeah. And like I know this is like going on a whole like thing. I don't know where this is gonna go. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but I think what what's crazy is is that America like we didn't earn this. Like it's our ancestors and our generations and generations right. before who've decided to follow God. Mm-hmm. And have built a, a society based on God, like all the way back to Britain, uh, leading back to the early church. Like people from since Jesus have chosen to live biblically, and like we get to live in that blessing. Like that mm-hmm. is that is what's great about America. And mm-hmm. and what's crazy is if we as generations choose to walk away from America or choose to walk away from God. Yeah. Like what would happen to America? We could wind up <laughs> like that. Um, and so. <clears throat> people talk about privilege all the time right Hmm. this is like one of the few actual like privileges i think is worth talking about yeah the after effect of someone in a generation before us walking with god Mm -hmm. and if we don't do that like that's not gonna be there and now that we we live in that blessing it is selfish of us not to say this is what god does Mm -hmm. like and of course like not in a selfish way like i'm not going there and saying like it is me who's going to save this person that's right but I get to make an appeal of the God of the universe and say, mm-hmm. you have broken his heart, but he loves you and he wants to come back. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. there, like, convincing someone, like, saying I get to save them and they're poor sinners who can't help doing yeah. that. And there's real it's results. Nuts. Like, there's real <laughs> real things that occur yeah. when someone turns to Jesus. Like, the God of Israel, yeah. the God of the Bible, yeah. when people turn to him, their lives change. There's obvious fruit. Like yes. it's real. Yes. It's not Absolutely. like you can't n- no other like religion, no other spiritual system right. yeah. has that kind of sustainable fruit That's right. that 
Christianity has and, yeah. and, and it, like following Jesus, making Jesus the Lord of your life. Yeah, yeah. Like you're seeing people in these countries go from being an alcoholic on the brink of suicide yeah. and then just boom, complete 180, yeah. leading worship yeah. at their local tiny little house church or yeah. something like that, you know? For sure. Wait, have you been on like an overseas trip? I haven't. So I've been quite a few places okay. uh, overseas, but never on an official trip. Yeah. And I've been trying for a while. I was supposed to go to Namibia, Africa wow. uh, last year, but COVID, you know, and it ended up being a blessing because so much stuff. Actually, I would not be here yeah. in Chi Alpha right now if it wasn't for COVID. Well, if God. it wasn't for that trip not happening, wow. most yeah. likely at least, yeah, because I joined when that trip was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but these are all like uh, stories that have been okay. told. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, but you've been like overseas and you've seen how like, mm-hmm. like literally the person is different, like. Not like in essence, but there's just something missing because, yeah. and the government is different. Like, man, I'm not even going to start on government, but, uh, <laughs> but there's still, like I said, this yeah. after effect of our, yeah. our generations before us choosing to follow God as a whole. Um, yeah. In the Philippines, yeah. uh, I got to spend two weeks there uh, a few years ago and the poverty is insane. Like it's, it's crazy you're so i was so thankful to get back to texas i was like wait i have space there's not someone right next to me Mm -hmm. because like the thing is the (laughs) the government set it up this way but you um there's certain days a week you can drive your car because there's too much traffic so in texas when the population grows we just expand outwards yeah in the philippines when the populations grow they expand upwards, upwards. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they hit the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's an island, yeah. a chain of islands, and and so it, you, they have to go up. But the problem yeah. is the infrastructure of cars and roadways are, what, two-dimensional. So when you live three-dimensional and everybody files out at the same times of the day to go to work and then goes on one dimension, it causes a whole lot of problems. It's basically gridlock and you have to swerve around each other. So they said, okay, you can only drive one day of the, or like a couple, two days of the week. You can use your car. So then people just bought another car and then they would drive all the days of the week. And now the problem got worse because (laughs) not only do you have the same amount of people on the road, but now you have twice as much parking space <laughs> taken up that cars yeah. that can't be used. Yeah. And this is like, this was intentional yeah. by the, by the government there, but you would see like big mansions and then right next to it, you would have people living literally in sheet metal. Hmm. Wow. And that I remember coming back from that. I'm like, I'm never going to be the same again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we really do get in this little isolated thing when we're so worried about ourselves. We're so worried about, like even this like selfishness issue that we always talk about, yeah. like it affects us on, even on a national level. Yeah, absolutely. We're like, oh, America's the only thing. As long as we're good, as long as we're protected, then we're good. But the problem is people are dying and no. they're going to spend forever in hell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Away from God. Mm-hmm. Dude. yeah because man i love how you like notice like just the dichotomy between like the 
the rich and the poverty and then you're just like but there's something worse than poverty mm. it's nuts nuts and like if we can get that mindset like that's how that's how it's easy to go anywhere for god yes. you know like yep. i don't need a lot i don't need a little because god has given me everything mm-hmm. you know mm. and so i can do whatever i can work this terrible job that i don't want to be at yep. but at the same time see fruit I want to hone into that point because for people who haven't found that yet, like what does that actually mean? Because I don't think people that don't have that can truly understand it. Yes. Like how would you explain that to someone? Like how are you okay when everything around you is not good? Okay. Um, When everything around you is not good. Um, Like, you know, they could be just situational stuff like terrible family life that sort of thing or in my case like sure like you're in a job it sucks <laughs> and it's like you're trying to figure out god what like what's going on um you have to it goes back to what chris was talking about where it's like when you're with God, you're always home. So it's like, even if you think that God, I shouldn't be here. God, this isn't, um, where you want me to be. This isn't where I want to be. This is awful. Um, in situations where family life or whatever, sure. If there's a way out, absolutely. I, we would all encourage that. But in the case of like, you're at a job you don't like, you're at a job that, that is terrible, that, that I just don't want to be here. I want to do something else. Uh, you have to realize that at least in that season, God has you there for a reason. Hmm. You know, at least in that season, God has you there reaching those people for a reason. And we have this this saying here maxim that there are no little places no little people yeah so it's like wherever you are as our there's a campus, reason that. yeah our yeah. campus pastor talks about this too he was working at Wendy's right and <laughs> and he didn't want to be there but but he knew that that God had him there it's like okay, God, I'm gonna take that you have me here, and because previously, before then, he had like big time tech jobs making like forty five an hour, right? I don't know. I'm pretty I, sure I that was the that. case. Like, I'm pretty sure when he was young, he like yeah. somehow figured out how to something like work that yeah. for that yeah. money, and, and then he like, was working at Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so it's like, but but he knew God had him there for a reason, and and this thing of no little places, no little people. There's no little place. There's there's no place you are that one God doesn't see you, and one that God can't use you so in. Good. Can't can't so can't like. There's no place that that the spirit of God can't be you know reached. So be accessed. So is it simply God just like changing your perspective? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It has to be because because you can like I say you can go in any situation with a bad attitude, like yeah. like God. Like I did at first, right? I hate it here. This sucks. 
God, I want something to change. Right. But then I had to get to that point to where, okay, God, you want to use me here. I just have mm-hmm. to be the one, like, like, of course, with the help of God. God's always in the middle of it. God, help me to change my attitude. Help mm-hmm. me to see that these people still need Jesus too. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm on the college campus or whether I'm in the workplace or wherever I am, these people still need Jesus just as much as the next right. person does. Because yeah. it, it's like not, we get confused mm-hmm. because we think that outside circumstances actually affect what's inside. Right. And it can have a bend towards mm-hmm. one way or another, mm-hmm. but you see it time and time again. Because if you compare us to someone in one of these other countries that don't have food, mm-hmm but they have the Lord yes, and their happiness level is a hundred percent. Yeah. And then you have us here that always has a place to lay their head. They have, uh, they have, <laughs> sorry. So you got to pray for something. What are you, what is it for? Uh, I'm praying for my brother. Damn. You want to pray for your brother real fast? Uh, sure. We can. Let's do it. Yeah. Lord, uh, we lift up uh, my brother, Austin, uh, Lord Jesus, you uh, you see his heart. Uh, he doesn't know you, and and he's running away from you. God just asks that you would speak to him, that you would place people in his life, Lord, and co-workers in his life who who see him and who see who he can be with you, Jesus, to speak into his life, Lord, speak into his heart, and open his heart, Lord, to. Uh, the realization of who you are and what you've done in his life. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So we not only have more than full bellies, totally. um, plenty of friends, usually, mm-hmm. activities, entertainment, Disney+, Plus, <laughs> Netflix, whatever it be, Mm-hmm air conditioning all of these things that would be heaven to someone in in deep poverty in another country sure and we're miserable emotionally Mm -hmm. we're you know as americans for the most part like the suicide rate is higher than it's ever been Mm -hmm. so there's something off yes that is not due to outside circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. It's our connection to God, really. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we all would agree. I mean, it's like like that's that's gotta be it. I mean, and why you see people in the down in the slums, like like down in the low, they have joy, they have peace, they have this like like why are you this way when you shouldn't be? Oh, because you have a relationship with God. Paul talks about it. It's like, like I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I've learned, you know, I've learned what, what it is to have much and what it is to have a little. I've, I've been in prison. I've, I've had food to eat. I've been in all these situations. But in all of them, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's, it's only through God, right? It's, it's why we have that peace that that surpasses understanding that that joy 
in the middle of those circumstances because joy is not defined by the circumstances. It's really defined by the person you're connected to. Yeah. Because mm. it's a person that gives us assurance that he's got us. Yes. Like yeah. This is a real person who lived a real life yes. that we get to look at his life and learn how to live according to his principles, practices, and heart position and nature yeah. Yeah. and character with this future promise that we're going to inherit eternity yeah. with no pain, no suffering, mm-hmm. fullness of joy. That's like a pretty good deal. <laughs> That's a pretty good yeah. deal. I'd stake my life on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. what else do you have? Like, yeah. what else totally. is there yeah. to nothing put your hope in nothing nothing at all. like let's just explore yeah. what are some possible yeah. things like job uh, money uh, um shoot let's go girls um the the american dream mm. um like you know the white picket fence the nice house the wife the five kids the you know it's like man let's live the american dream let's have the nice cars and and all that and, and let's put our hope in something that is even is, for people overseas like yeah. they're like i want the american dream yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah. there's something real about that right like all totally. pleasure longs for eternity sure mm-hmm. like the things that make us happy like we want them to last forever sure but i think that's like where those who have a lot like start to get messed up is because mm-hmm. they actually have the capability to not just like long for something, but they go after it and they go after it. Mm-hmm. And then their heart aches more and more mm-hmm. and more until they're finally like, there's nothing I can do. Never enough. And that's why you see rich people like ending it all. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the person who's like grateful for the smallest thing, like that mm-hmm. makes them sane. Yeah. Like being able to suffer well makes you sane. It's like Michael uh, Wyman was saying on the other episode is somehow we think we're the exception. So mm-hmm. somehow it's like, yeah. I know fame and fortune has never worked for anyone else, but I'm not famous and I'm not happy. I'm going to go for it because it seems better than where I'm at right now. So goofy. Yeah. And we think it's going to work for us. And it doesn't. It doesn't uh, seem like it ever has. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Dude, uh, Leo Tolstoy, actually, like in his book, A Confession, like he was actually going through all this stuff. Yeah. Like he's like, I was like one of the famous writers. Like I had all this money. I came from an affluent family. Mm. He's like, but I'm utterly depressed. Mm-hmm. And he went through like every Eastern thought, Western thought, uh, religion he could think of. And he's like, man, at the end of the day, people like have, if they don't know God, have four choices or four ideas really. They've either like thought about this like worthlessness of everything mm-hmm. and like they've chosen to ignore it. Mm. And they're like, I'm going to just kind of, keep doing something like trying to like fill this void until I die. Mm-hmm. The other one's like, ah, I'm, I'm just never going to think about it. I've never thought about it at all. Like they, he literally says they're too stupid to have thought about it, <laughs> which is so funny, which and is it, true. Yeah. <laughs> and he's saying the third person is like the person who's thought about this, realizing that like the suffering of life mm-hmm. is guaranteed and the happiness of life isn't. So why not just kill myself now and be done with it? And they're strong enough to do so. And the fourth person is like the third is where they've gone through all of that and then they're not strong enough to kill themselves. And Tolstoy's like, that's who I am. I'm a coward because I don't kill myself. Oh. And eventually he finds the Lord uh, and do the books create a confession by Tolstoy. So, so good. Wow. Wow. Uh, that is true. It's like, yeah. like uh, I do think, because we can look at someone's life like Solomon, 
Yeah. He wrote Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. which is not a lot of people read that book of the Bible very often because they're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I need some encouragement this morning. <laughs> not, vanities. Yeah. But it seems like when people really dive into that book, they end up being encouraged by it. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, because we've actually found it points to that. We found the, the thing. Yeah. The person, the yes. answer, yes. Yeah. the one answer. There's only one answer. Yep. And that's Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. making Him Lord of our life. Yep. Yeah. And friend. Yeah. And King. Mm-hmm. But that's the only answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we could try every single other answer, and many, many people have, and you can look all through history. Yeah. And you can, I mean, it's, it's either like Jesus Christ or nihilism, really truth yeah but but it but on a philosophy perspective like we've been kind of talking through is is that points to it as well that Mm -hmm. when you just really critically think through it what are you living for yeah and like what is the end to that yeah where is that going to lead you and i think what happens is people are like well yolo this is my one life. Like, why would I go overseas? Yeah. Why would I move and do ministry? Why would I leave what I love when I only have one life? Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest differentiating factor, right? Is mm-hmm. this eternal perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Without the eternal perspective, we don't have boldness as a Christian. Mm-hmm. We can't make these hard choices. And why would we yeah. go overseas? Because it's just over after this. Yeah. Dude, that's something I love about. We've been reading Gordon Olson as interns, and the book "The Truth Shall Make You Free" mm. is just teaching all of us, like together, how to see everything through the lens of God. And like, if we don't live our lives correctly, like, what is God missing out on? What is like if if the person and the country that that we're going to, or countries, like if they don't know God? God misses out because he created them to, to be with him mm. and he created them for, for relationship and, mm. and like literally all of heaven is missing out on this person yeah. because they chose to live selfishly mm. and no one else chose to go tell them about reconciliation, about like how Jesus actually came to restore you to an actual person, not this empty shell or a thick veneer of a person. Mm. Uh, who's like, no, I'm good. And then like, they know something on the inside just sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, you're right. Like perspective, like a God perspective of you can go anywhere. You can, you can live through anything. You can yeah. be discipled or you can be under the authority of anyone because you have, you're learning about how, what God says the world is. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. Uh, mm-hmm. because once you've like accepted that as it's actually real and like stopped fighting it, you're just like, Oh, this is a blast. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Yeah, it sounds like some sort of like Stockholm syndrome, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. not. Cause there's this real joy and like, we lost another one, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, so that plays a role. Okay. Let's get back to y'all's decision for like yeah, coming totally. here. Totally. Yeah. There must have been multiple things that played into it. 
I mean, but yeah. they all have college degrees, right, Chris? You yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure. I wasn't sure. I ask you. So, <laughs> college degrees, like this is, yeah. You know, you have to tell your parents, hey, you know, uh, I I went to went yeah. to college and yeah. doesn't, you know, you're using your degree. Like, the, don't let anybody convince you that going totally. into ministry is oh, not yeah. using your degree. Totally. But you're not using the check mark of your degree totally. to get the the job that will yeah. get you the home that'll give right. you security that'll make your mom happy yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is the driving force to like i'm sure part of the confirmation is so hard to hone in on this answer because it's yeah. like what are you really even asking totally. part of the confirmation is like there is people here in this place that the that I'm supposed to meet. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the sake of God. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say that's the main driving force. Um, so was it always that? You want to go? I just oh. talked a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, that's. I guess this is where we get into the testimony part of it. Yeah. Uh, why? why Texas A&M, <laughs> or why campus ministry, period. Uh, a lot of it had to do with a guy I met senior year of college, and he was very antagonistic, like highly antagonistic about God. First conversations we have, I say, like, yeah, I believe in the Bible, believe in God. He says, oh, so you're one of those people. So very antagonistic, like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I do love the Lord. and uh, mm. But again, he came up to me wanting someone to talk to, genuinely, genuinely wanting someone to talk to, wanting someone to hang out. Didn't know the Lord. And then every time after that, you know, we would, he would find me. I'd have to find him. He always found me. He would see me on campus, sit down with me, and want to hang out and talk and he was into minecraft and pokemon and it's like things i'm not interested in <laughs> bailey chris i'm not <laughs> not interested in those things and other video games that i just really didn't care about but i was doing my best to be this guy's friend right hang out with him show him the love of jesus in that and pour the truth of the gospel where i could praying that something would stick because you did have questions about stuff background in church people would never answer his questions, got pushed to the wayside, that sort of thing. So just being there in that sense too. And with time, you know, we'd have our debates, one of which I think I'm never going to see this guy again. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) I think I'm never going to see him again. Uh, But he reaches out to me. We get back in contact. The next day we eat lunch on campus. I go in the conversation. It's like, okay, God, here's how this is going to go. I'm not going to talk about you because I don't want him to think that I have a thing to get him saved, agenda. You know, that never works. I just want to be his friend. I just want to have a nice lunch. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but God had other plans, as he always does, because this guy swings the door wide open, asking me how I got into church, how I got into God. And I'm like, dang it. Dang it, Jesus. <laughs> Dang it, Jesus. This is, I was wrong. <laughs> like, this is not where I want to go, but obviously you do. So let's go, you know. So share my testimony, how I got into church, how I got into God. He shows interest in Chi Alpha, campus ministry we're a part of. 
and where I tell him that we are a people who love God and we want a relationship with him. The next thing he says, you talk about a relationship with God, I think I'd like one too. Hmm. I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> like my heart stops like with the world. This guy just didn't want anything to do with God. Now he's like gung-ho. Let's see what a relationship with God's like. This is incredible. Never been a part of this. Next day, lead him through the gospel, prayer of repentance. The next week he comes to our Kai Alpha service where he gets like wrecked by the Lord and in tears, genuinely in tears. I see this guy ask Jesus Christ into his life, ask for repentance of his sins, like really encounter the Lord. I know he did. He knew he did. Um, and my life's getting wrecked. I'm like, okay, God, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Let's, I'm fully ready to commit my life to campus ministry. I'd already made the decision, but this was like, like the icing on top, cherry, that sort of thing. Like, okay, let's go. Let's do this thing. Uh, so my last semester, this is it's all happened in my last semester. I'll try to speed this up because I know we're... <laughs> no, no. Uh, so last semester of college, don't have a lot of time with this guy. So I'm pouring everything I can into him. He's blowing everyone's mind. He's praying over people when we're doing outreach on campus, like a month after he gets saved. And, and so we're seeing fruit. Fruit is genuinely there. Mm, um, wow. Yeah. So he's praying over people, asking for prayer request that sort of thing and it's like like he's he's soaking up this relationship with God that we can actually have when he found that truth that there was a, the God of the universe who wanted a relationship with him that's when he was like oh okay then let's go so I do what I can to pour into him last semester of college hand the torch over to a very close friend who was already Pouring into him at the same time I was. I was like, hey, dude, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna disciple him while I'm gone. I'm I move off. He disciples him. It's important to realize that around this time, this guy, he was having a hard time with, you know, why homosexuality was wrong. Why God said it was wrong, that sort of thing. Didn't know why. He was wrestling with it. We were just praying for him that he would eventually, you know, say that, you know, this is not what God wants for my right. life. So I get a call six months later, text message from my friend that this guy wants to get baptized. He he totally given up every part of his life, like like pride was completely out. It's like like giving his life mm -hmm. totally to the Lord. It's like I want to show people that I have by getting baptized. Mm -hmm. I cried because I was like, this guy is still hanging in there. You know, he's right. still doing it. He's still you know, this is awesome. So. He gets baptized. I'm not there. Wish I could have been, but you know, uh, he gets baptized. Awesome. Talk to him on the phone. It's it's awesome. And then six months later, a few months later, actually, I reach out to him. Hadn't heard from him in a while. I moved back in town with my parents. Hadn't heard from him in a while. You know, let's have lunch. He sits down with me and he tells me he doesn't want anything to do with God anymore. And I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on because I confirm it's like you did encounter the Lord. He's like, yes, I did. Uh, I know I did. But if if God has a right to tell me who I can and can't love, then following him isn't worth the sacrifice. His words exactly. Uh, and, and that hurt. 
because I'd seen this guy really genuinely encounter the Lord. We knew he did, but he was just, you know, he was frankly being selfish. And he made his own decision. And I was like, okay, so we're still praying for this guy, right? We're praying for this guy that he's eventually going to realize that who he encountered was real. He knows it was, and, and he's eventually going to turn turn his back on that and really recommit his life to the Lord. Uh, May of last year, so 2020, in the middle of support raising, about to start it up, uh, at the beginning of May, we get the news that at 22 years old, uh, just about uh, this guy had committed suicide. Hmm. That was the hardest news I've ever had to yeah. hear, <laughs> ever, mm. uh, because you never really think it's going to happen to you until it does, that you actually know someone. I mean, you see it on TV, you see it from friends. Oh, yeah, I had a friend commit suicide, that sort of thing, family member, whatever, but never thought it happened to us. Yeah. But it did. And right in the middle of support raising, getting ready to come here. I'm like, oh, shoot, how, how do I respond to the situation? I could have responded to it two different ways. One could have been that, oh, my reason for doing this is totally out the window because he's gone. He's, he's not here anymore. I could feel like you failed. Yeah, I could feel like I failed, like, like this is the fruit of this. So I can just go back to my job and, you know, things will be awesome. God will yeah. still bless it, that sort of thing. Or I could be like, no, because none of that, like, yes, he, he did take his own life, unfortunately. But he's still part of it. He still encountered the Lord. There was still some part of his story that he encountered the Lord and it's it his his story places a spectrum on where college students are it's like we wow. have the ones who don't want anything to do with the lord then we have the ones who when they understand their relationship with god that there is a god out there who wants a relationship with them they're like oh let's go let's do this thing then we have the ones who turn their back on them for their own selfish desires, own purposes, but can still come back. They still have the choice to come back. And then we have the ones who, unfortunately, if it makes it that far, they're, for whatever reason, whether it's isolation or listening to the lies of the enemy, it's like, I have no purpose here. They take their own life. So it's spectrum of like, these are the college students we're dealing with. And at any given time, they have the opportunity to come back to God if if they understand who they are, who God has made them to be, and who who God is, <laughs> right? I mean that's that's it. So it's it's his story, right? His story from beginning to end. Where it's like this is important enough if it wasn't before. This mm -hmm. is important enough for me now to know that that there are students at this campus who are walking in loneliness, yeah. who are walking without hope, without peace, without some sense of, of joy, 
And if they just find God, then they will understand their place, understand that there is the God of the universe who loves them, wants a relationship with them. So it's, like I said, it's it's was totally unexpected. Rocked the ministry there for sure because there were some things of like, like what could we have done better? Could we have reached out to this guy more? But I, I, I personally believe that there wasn't anything we could have done, that, that he made his own decision. But making the decision that, that I'm already in the middle of this, there's no need for me to turn back because this wow. should, this should, it not discourage me, but encourage me to like full fledged, let's go, let's reach some college students because they need to know the Lord. Mm. Wow, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, and and that's a that's yeah. the second time I've heard that, and it's yeah. still really impactful. Yeah. Um, you know, this stuff is real. Yes, like there's real things going on in the hearts and the minds of students and yes. young people that have just gotten to a place away from home away from family and Mm -hmm. and there's so many different types of influences you know uh, many many college students end up becoming alcoholics Mm -hmm. because somehow they believe that when that graduate when they walk that graduation stage all four years of them constantly drinking is just gonna stop and they're not gonna Mm want to do that anymore and It seems like college is a pivotal time yes. in many people's lives where it's kind of sets the trajectory for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this seems like what we do and what we're, you know, wanting to grow in every day we're yeah. here is mm-hmm. kind of being a, a a filter in a sense or a warning sign or, or a, uh, just this last stance, you know, mm-hmm. cause hopefully students are, are raised in, in with, with godly parents who steward the Holy spirit in yeah. their lives and introduce them to a relationship with Jesus. But the truth is that's not the case not. most of the time. Right. And, I think the statistics show that after college, after like 24, your chances of becoming Christian drastically fall. Yeah. It's like, we're kind of the, the safeties of the game. These, this last stand, this last defense of like, hope maybe we can meet, maybe the Lord has it to where this person's walking on campus and they meet a friend and that changes their decision yeah. on whether or not they're going to end their life. It's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And it just allows people to confront with the reality. It's not that we're saving people. Mm-mm. It's that we're giving them the opportunity to, yes. to, to choose the person that can, yeah. yes. and that can give them fullness of hope and, fullness of joy and a reason to live. Yep. Yeah. 
for sure. And I think what happens is that they, they see something that's real. Mm. Like they see a person that's real. Yeah. Right? Like Brandon wasn't fake with his friend. Yeah. Like if Brandon had put up these walls and said like, hey, I, I you know, just said, hey, how's it going? And just hung out with him for the sake of being a friend mm-hmm. and never talked about what was actually real to Brandon. Yeah. Uh, which is reality like yeah. nothing would have changed yeah. because people I think people want real but not all the time do they want what's actually real they want what they think is real this is getting all philosophical <laughs> so I'm not missing, but, uh, <laughs> but it's like and then they just have to choose like do I want to live in reality or do I want to live in non-reality and yeah and, it's, and we're just like man reality is a lot more fun like yeah. reality is a lot more hopeful a lot more reality restorative yeah uh, it's fun yeah i think many times we forget that like a person is who introduced us to jesus yeah totally you know like totally. It w- you're not gonna like maybe you find a bible laying there and you start reading it happens, wait yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this yeah but it's for sure. most of the time a person totally that will tell you about jesus and, yeah and so there's a need for for people to tell people about jesus and it's like obviously yeah. yeah did we forget that you know but um yeah y'all it was a pleasure having you guys on this is like totally. a mellow episode <laughs> it's like hmm, what are yeah. we doing yeah. um is there anything y'all want to say before we go is there like something that the holy spirit has laid on your heart uh, I do. I'm just trying to work out how, how to word it. Because um, if the idea of the episode is, is about going to new places for the Lord and being like okay with Him, mm-hmm. and like all of this, like it, it touched on, it may have gone like somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but it was really just like if you know who the Lord is, yeah. like you'll be okay. And and as someone who's like, I mean, of course we all have to come to the Lord, but we aren't just like, well, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> if you've tasted how it how it is to not have the lord why would you do something whether he's called you or not that to leave or not why would you like do something against that to go back to that state before you knew the lord mm-hmm. um like ultimately like it may be a really hard decision but life without a connection with the holy spirit with jesus and the father is a lot more miserable than the temporary like reallo- reallocation and just look at biblical stories. Look at Abraham, or Abram, before he became Abraham. Look at when David was hiding in in uh, caves. Look at when mm. uh, Mary and Joseph moved to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's story after story where God calls someone into a new land, uh, either because someone's hunting them or he's trying to do something new. But when they followed, like, look at what happened. Like not only in like these great events, but look at their lives. Like, look what happened inside of them and how they knew the Lord. Uh, and why wouldn't we want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why would I not want to know the Lord as Abraham did? Why mm-hmm. would I not want to know the Lord as Mary and Joseph did? Why would I not want to know the Lord like David? True. Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> Let's go. It's fun. Like, it's just Let's great. Go. Um, and And the momentary discomfort and stripping away of everything um, like a support system uh, really just makes you call out to God or exposes where you are mm-hmm. because no matter at the end of the day no matter where you are no matter what you're doing you're bringing yourself with you mm. uh, so you can't escape yourself right mm-hmm. like from Houston to A&M 
there may right. have been like these great hopes to like go somewhere and it's a whole nother like podcast in itself yeah, yeah. you bring yourself no matter where you go but the lord has a chance to do something new each time totally. mm. uh, so yeah. i think cole mayer said this one time is like regardless of like who you're married to who you're with what's around you it's like when you lay your head on that pillow mm-hmm. pillow uh, at night it's you and god yeah yep yeah you don't have anything else it's just you and your thoughts yep. yeah and God or not God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, okay. That is the the only change. Like that's the only thing that actually changes yeah. is you having God. Because when it comes down to it, it's it's nothing or it's God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, the Bible says that Jesus had no place to lay his head, right? Mm. Well, when you're given the comfort of like if we truly follow God, we have no place to lay our head except like what John did except on the bosom of Jesus. So if you want to like put it into like a little quip, we have no place to lay our head except on the one who had no place to lay his head. Mm. It's fun. That's fun. Cool. Boys, y'all are gentlemen. Yeah, y'all are the definition of right. gentlemen. Thank you for having us. That is great. That doesn't mean y'all can't, you know, rock them, sock them, but, it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you want to give us the rundown, Caleb, of what we talked about? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you already did a great job, but um, I just think that it is so important to submit to God, submit all of our giftings, all of our time, all of our um, desires and our home and all of us to God. And whether that means staying somewhere where we don't want to be or leaving somewhere where we want to be, we are supposed to follow God. And when we submit to God, when we give all of that up to God, he can use us in incredible and amazing ways. And he actually gives us something real. Like what we were talking about, there is something real and we're all longing for something real. But the way to get something real is through submission to God. That's so good. And like what you were saying with your friend, um, he refused to submit to God and that's heartbreaking but it is an example of why we need god why we need to submit and even though we do not like it we it is hard and frustrating and scary and we feel like we're entitled to those things to those pieces of ourselves but when we give it to god then he can use us in incredible ways and he can take us places that we might not have wanted to go but will be incredible and beautiful and powerful and claim lives for the kingdom of God. Mm. Boom, boys. Thank you guys for watching thus far. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Hit that notification bell. You know, I got to do that YouTube thing. (laughs) And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hear me. Uh, Give us a review because that will send us out to more people. They don't really do Christian podcasts very well on Apple Podcasts. They don't they don't push us out very much. So the more stars that you give us, the more the algorithm will say yes and it'll send it to people and people can discover the podcast. So if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. And if you liked this episode or any of the other episodes, share it with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. But we will see you And we've on- got a newsletter. Oh yes, oh, the newsletter. He, newsletter. He got me. He got um, me. Yeah. Uh creativecurious.com. That's where you can get our newsletter every week. Um, you'll get a biblical word of the week and be able to learn a little bit more about the Bible. Uh, 
Lastly, on Tuesday, we have Gavin Freeman oh, on the podcast, on. former nice. uh, military man, and now going into full-time ministry with his wife and his baby. Yeah. Wait, what are y'all talking about? Um, I don't know. I think oh. we were just talking about his testimony, like Fair going house. through the military, um, yeah, and, and stuff like that. So, nice. yeah, it's going to be good. Call me Luke. But uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> see you. <ya. laughs>